So this summer we've been uh, in a series called Fortune Beyond Fortune Cookie Faith. And the idea behind the series has been that we would look at verses that are uh, ones that we've most of us have heard before, and they get quoted a lot, but maybe they're misunderstood. Maybe we don't understand the full context. And I've been having conversations with many of you from week to week, and, and I've heard a lot of really good things. I've, I've heard people say, you know, it's just so good to, to dig into the Scripture and understand what's going on in, in these verses that we love. And, and I really hope that, you know, as we've gone through this series, that it hasn't been uh, discouraging to say, oh, man, I, I messed it up. I've used that verse, and I never really knew what I was saying. I hope it hasn't been that. I hope it's been more redemptive where you could say, now I know how I'm going to use that verse. Now I know that when I've memorized that, when I quote it, when I think about it, I know what it's talking about in a deeper way than I did before. So we're going to do one of the perhaps most misunderstood verses, I think, in our culture, and that is the verse where Jesus says, judge not, judge not. Two simple words, judge not. It's one that's quoted a lot in our culture, and in one sense I know that uh, our culture is not necessarily going to get it right all the time. I understand that. But I think it's on us because I think we use this verse sometimes in the wrong way as well. And we have to understand what is Jesus getting at when he tells us not to judge other people. So I want to read the whole passage. This is out of Luke 6. So if you brought a Bible, turn to Luke chapter 6. And uh, we're going to start in verse 36. It says this. This is Luke 6, 36. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put in your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye, but you don't notice the log that's in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out that speck that's in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that's in your own eye? You hypocrite! First take out the log in your own eye, and then you'll see more clearly to take out the speck that's in your brother's eye. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its fruit. For figs are not gathered from the thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. And we'll pause there. A few weeks ago, I'm out boating, and I'm on the lake, and uh, we were coming in, and, and uh, we were about done for the day, and there was a guy that pulled up his boat kind of behind us, and I turned around to see him, and he was in his boat all alone, really nice boat, and he was he was a big guy, long hair, no shirt, you know, you get the picture? Oh, I think I see him here today. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's not true. Um, hopefully he's not here, but anyway, he... Big guy, long hair, no shirt, a big smile on his face. And I noticed that when boats passed him, you know how you always give the wave? Well, he had a wave. It was like this, you know. And I was like, 
This guy's alone in his boat, waving like a madman at everybody that passes him. So every time someone would go past, because he stayed kind of behind us, every time someone would pass, I would turn around and sure enough, I mean, the guy's got a motor on his arm, you know? It's like either he's waiting for help or he's just really happy to be out there. And so um, I started watching him more, because that's what we all do when we, when we see something strange. We can't look away. Um, and so I'm, kind of, I'm like trying to watch him but not look like I'm watching him. And, and then I noticed that he was talking to himself. But like he was talking and, and, and he was laughing and, and he kind of had this funny voice. And I'm like, Christy, what does that sound like? And she said, it sounds like the Tasmanian devil. You know, it's like that, blah, 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 you know, and I was like, what is going on? He's waving and talking like an animated character. I, I don't even know what to think. And so uh, we kept going. Another person was going to go past him. And, of course, I can't look away. Neither would you. And uh, so as I looked back again, I thought, this guy is crazy. This guy has a few screws loose. And I don't know what he's going to do next, but this is pretty funny to see him talking to himself and laughing and being loud and waving. And as another boat passed him, you know, he did this again, and I saw a little hand poke up beside him and go like this right beside him. And I thought, he's got a grandkid with him. Suddenly he's gone from crazy madman, I don't want to get close to me, to like ultra cool grandpa doing voices. You know? He's not talking to himself. He's talking to the kid next to him. You know? This is a great guy. Like, you, you want to be a grandpa like this. This is like your model grandfather. Take your kid on the lake, wave crazy at people, and talk. It's amazing what a little bit of context does to help us see things the right way and maybe not judge somebody. You know? So, I want to get at this issue of judging. Because I think, I think we have a judging issue. I think most of us, if we're honest, would say, I, I would tend to judge. I think that happens. But when Jesus says judge not, I, I think we've got to understand right off the bat, he doesn't mean that we're not ever going to judge anything or, or any action. Because if you were to stop judging, you'd stop being human, you know? I mean, you would, you, you would look at the food in front of you and you wouldn't judge whether it was good or bad or you would taste it and say it's awful, but you can't judge it, and you wouldn't look in your closet and pick out the right clothes, because you can't make a judgment on that. So, so I mean, it'd be, it'd be pointless. You wouldn't have courts, you wouldn't have judges, you wouldn't have fines and penalties. Ever try saying to the police officer, you can't judge me, you know? Jesus said, you can't do that. I, I'm, I'm not taking that ticket. Judge not, officer. Um, so, so we all understand it'd be ludicrous to say to imply that Jesus is saying we can never make a judgment or, or a moral judgment. I mean, it's kind of like the word love, you know. We, we use it in all different contexts, but we mean different things every time we use it. You might say, I love tacos, and I love my dog, but I love tacos because I eat them, and I don't love my dog in that way. Okay, let us sink in for a second. I don't love my dog the way I love my tacos because I eat the tacos and I don't eat my dog. They're totally, totally different. But I say love. Then I say I love my wife. And how does that get thrown in the mix? So we understand that that word can be used in different ways. And certainly when Jesus says, judge not, he meant it in a certain way. I was reading uh, some New Testament scholars, and they basically said the same thing. It all depends on the context of the word, how you use it. 
Because Jesus in another place, you know, make the right judgment, you know. So, so clearly this word is flexible, but yet Jesus is making a very strong statement here. So we got to understand, what is he talking about? What's he saying? I'm going to argue and try to keep it simple, since we're uh, all outside here and enjoying the day. I want to keep it simple and suggest there's probably two different ways we can look at judging. There's a bad way of judging and a good way of judging. Let's talk about the bad first. When Jesus says in the passage in Luke 6, do not judge, the very next verse that he follows, the very next uh, statement that he follows with is, do not condemn, or you will be condemned. So, So there's a connection between these ideas. Don't judge or you'll be judged. Don't condemn or you'll be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. All of these ideas go together. They're in the same flow of thought. And so maybe we can say the bad kind of judging is condemning. It's condemning. And when we condemn, that makes us condemners. I don't know if that's a word or not, but I think it'll work in our in our service today. You become a condemner. Now to be a condemner, what does that mean? Well, in the verses that I just read this morning, to be a condemner is somebody that tries to hide their own faults. You know, they say, look at the speck in your eye. Let me help you with that. That's a problem. And the plank is coming out of their eye, which always goes to show Jesus does have a sense of humor. You know, you got you got a plank coming out of your eye, and you're talking about the guy's speck. So the idea is, when you're a condemner, you're pointing out somebody else's flaws so that nobody notices yours. So nobody sees what you're up to. The people that are the loudest in condemning, and this is going to sound harsh, but I think there's some truth to it. I suspect the people that are the loudest and most arrogant in their judgment are hiding things. You know, they're hiding things. Because if we knew about them, we'd issue judgment on them. And that would make us just like them, wouldn't it? There's an arrogance that comes with this which says, I, I care about your speck. And this is the idea. This is what Jesus is getting at here. He says, judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not, you will not be condemned. Jesus knows that, that condemning has this boomerang effect. It, it comes back on you. Jesus knows that when you put on the judge's robes and sit in judgment of other people, your judge's robes are only covering dirty laundry that you're wearing. That's what Jesus knows. If you condemn others, the chances are high that you're going to get condemned at some point. Because let's be honest, as people, when someone is loud and arrogant and judgmental, and then their dirty laundry is aired out, don't you feel encouraged to take them down? I'm not saying you should, because that would make you a condemner. But when the condemner's dirty clothing gets shown to the world, how easy it is that for us to say, aha, I knew it. I knew they were hiding something. And they fall spectacularly. We know that pride goes before a fall. And, and the problem is, judgmental people won't own their own sins. They won't be honest about their own problems. 
The only one to point out the problems in others. And the other issue with, with being judgmental, with being a condemner, is that I believe it degrades other people. I mean, when you condemn people, you are sitting, setting yourself as their judge. You ever, do you ever have that moment growing up where someone put you in a box? Now, maybe you were just a little kid. You got into trouble in school. And then somebody said, well, well, he's a troublemaker. That's who he is. She's, she's just, she's just so nosy. That, that's who she is. And, and they put you in this box. You're bossy. You're, 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 you know, whatever, whatever the word is. They put you in this box and sealed you in and said, that's who you are. That is very similar, I think, to a condemnation. It's a judgment. And what it said, what it does is it means this is who you are and it's who you're always going to be. I know who you are, I've seen you. And it leaves no room for God's mercy, for God's transformation. I'm not saying we're supposed to be gullible and, 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 and trust everybody. You know, people do things and they do break trust. I understand that. But we also love to box people in and say, this is who you are. And you can't escape, because I've made a judgment about you, and I've shared with other people, and they agree with me. You're a bad person. The problem with that is, it's always going to boomerang back. It's going to come back on us. We're going to be the one judge, Jesus says. Now, if you judge an arrogant person and condemn them, that would make you the same, wouldn't it? And make you a condemner. So what are we supposed to do? What does Jesus have in mind for us? How, how are we supposed to judge then correctly? So um, bad judgment's about condemnation. You're setting yourself up as an arrogant judge of other people. And I, I think we all know when we see somebody like that, right? Like, like you hear it in the tone. You see it in how they conduct themselves. You see zero humility. If you want to do it right, I think, of, you know, Use the word judgment, don't judge me. What does good judgment look like? Let me say it like this. I think, I think good judgment is like evaluation. Evaluation, or a biblical word would be discernment. Ever had an evaluation at work? Ever been through that process? You know, someone's looking at what you're doing and they're evaluating it. And we are called to evaluate the actions and words of other people. Is this good or is it not good? Is this sinful or is it not? So we need to be good evaluators. How do we do that well? Well, when Jesus starts out this whole thing on judging, I think it's good to back up one verse before the judgment verse. And Jesus says, Be merciful as your heavenly Father is merciful. Be merciful. I mean, some people, and maybe this is you, maybe it's somebody you know, I feel like they're the morality police. And if I'm going two miles over, they've got the ticket coming up, you know? They're, they're giving me the citation for two over, you know? They're the morality police. And, and they're looking, they're watching, they're ready. Don't be the morality police. Be merciful in your judgments, Jesus said. Be merciful as your heavenly Father is merciful. So that means when you come to the table of disagreement and you're not agreed on whatever this thing is, 
that this course of action, this decision, that this thing that happened in the past, when you come to the table of, of, of evaluation, you go with mercy. You know, I, I've sat down with people a lot, and I can usually tell pretty early on, just by a person's face, if they have kindness and mercy in their face. You know what I mean? Like, I came to the table to work this out. I came to forgive. That's why I'm here. I'm not here to be a condemner. I'm going to evaluate, but then I want to move to mercy. Be a judge like that. Be merciful in how you think about things. And then Jesus also gives this other interesting analogy here. He says, let me read it. The good measure. Maybe you've heard this. Sometimes uh, pastors talk about this in terms of offering, giving your offering to the Lord. It goes like this. Um, given it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put in your lap, for the measure you use will be measured back to you. Now I think you could apply that to giving your offerings, like we'll do at the end of the service. I, I think that's a good application. But I think in the context, an even better application would be judge generously. Give generously, but, but as you evaluate people, evaluate generously. Give people the benefit of the doubt. How often have you seen someone do something like the crazy guy in the boat and you think, he's nuts. They're crazy. They're bad. I saw them turn on a one-way street. He's a bad driver. And that was it. That was it. That's what you are for the rest of your life. You evaluated. Or, or you saw someone do something wrong. You saw them in their worst moment. And you're like, they've got a bad heart. I, I saw what they did. Do you leave room for generosity? I saw the way their kids acted last week. They are a bad parent. You know? Do you leave room to be generous if they had a bad day? That every parent has a bad day. Some multiple days in a week. It just happens that we're not generous. Here's, here's the illustration Jesus gives. It's the marketplace illustration. Like, like if you go down to the marketplace and you're going to buy some grain, you know, you're wearing a robe, and so you're buying grain from, 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 a, from a guy that's selling it, and you would kind of make a pocket in your robe and kind of hold it up, and they would pour the grain into the pocket that you made in your robe. And, and Jesus is saying, it's that, it's that measure that's pressed down, filled up, overflowing. It's like you pay for one measure, and it's like heaping over. You know, you, you ever go to the, we went to a, we went to an uh, ice cream place that was not in town. It was not named Lickety Splits. We went to an ice cream place over the weekend and ordered a, a scoop. And it was like the smallest thing I've ever seen. It's like, you, you call that a scoop? And I'm paying like $3 for it. Like, never again. My loyalty is here. Um, but, but that was, you know, I, I felt like I didn't get the full measure. It wasn't the full measure. Um, but what happens when you order a scoop and they give you two? J just because. Just because. We love you. Here's the next, you know. You're like, oh my goodness. I got more than what I paid for. I got more than what I bargained for. And that's exactly what Jesus is talking about here. He's saying, you come for your grain, you pay for a measure, you hand over your money, and, and you got this overflowing, pressed down, let's, how, how much can we get into this 
pouch, how much can we put in there? And there's so much in there, it's overflowing, and you're looking and you're like, I got a measure and a half. How'd that happen? And Jesus says, when you judge people generously, when you give them the benefit of the doubt, when you give them more than they deserve and how you evaluate, that's like your heavenly father. That's what Jesus is calling you to. That's generous judgment. And may we all be more like that. That's a challenge. That's a challenge for me. I think it'd probably be for you. Because let's be honest. Well, when it comes to like specks and logs in my eye, I am a lot better at pointing out someone else's sin than seeing my own. Probably a lot of us are like that. We just don't see it. Then someone points it out and we're like, what? But, but may it be that I'm, more, I'm looking more at me and less at you. When I do look at you, I'm looking at you generously. Um, finally, last thing I can say about being a, a good judge, an evaluator, instead of a condemner. Um, Jesus says in verse 40, A disciple is not above his teacher, but every, everyone when he is fully trained will be like his teacher. I love that Jesus includes this in it because it's a question of like, how do we evaluate? It's the tree with good fruit and bad fruit. How do I know good fruit from bad fruit? Well, listen to the teacher. No disciples above the teacher. And so today, when you see morality being changed, and I believe we are in a moral revolution in our country, we see it every day, even though morality is being changed by our culture, by the world around us, we can listen to the teacher because the disciple is not above the teacher. And if Jesus' morality is good enough for Jesus, good enough for God, it's good enough for us. It's not old-fashioned, not a date. And so, yeah, we know churches where the disciples think they're above the teacher. They think they know better because that's old-fashioned stuff. We don't do that because we're not above the teacher. But when we do evaluate we want to do it with mercy in mind. When you sit down with the person that needs Christ and, and, and the topic of sin comes up, would you talk about it with mercy on your mind? When you sit down with the person that you're at odds with, would you sit down with forgiveness as an end goal? Uh, for those that are here that maybe come from other faith backgrounds or other churches, I know, I know there are churches that have judged harshly. I hear the stories occasionally. If you need to process that, um, I, I'd be available to process. But maybe even more than that in this moment right now, maybe you ask yourself, Lord, help me see the plank. And, and, and maybe I could see that church as the speck. You know? And, and, and maybe, maybe I come with forgiveness. Maybe I treat God's people more generously than they even deserve. But that's because, God, you treated me more mercifully than I deserve. Maybe it's someone you need to go back to. Maybe it's a pastor you got to go back to and work this out. I don't know. I don't know. But I, but I see Jesus teaching. I see the clarity it brings to things. And I know this is a healthy way to evaluate. It's a healthy way to judge.
So I'm going to close it off, and I'm, I'm going to say it like this. As you go today, and as we kind of get things wrapped up today, um, I just want to say, I want, for me and for our church, I would much rather have us be known for what we're for than what we're against. I, I know we're going to be against certain things. I, I know there's a lot of things. There's evil things. We're going to be against things. But when people talk about us, I hope they say, this is a group of people that stands for something. They stand for mercy. They stand for forgiveness. They stand for generosity. They love their community well. This is what we're here for. And yeah, we're going to make evaluations. We're going to make judgments. But let's do it with mercy in mind and let's show it on our face, in our tone of voice, in our eyes. May people see mercy. Let me tell you this. We base all of this on the death of Jesus Christ. He is the one that's given me mercy and given so many of you mercy. If we died for our own sins, we'd never see mercy. We'd never see heaven. But Christ died for you to pay the price. The just for the unjust. And we're the unjust. And if that's a message you've never received personally, today's the day I'd invite you to consider it. I'd invite you to pray. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes now? One day we will all stand before the judge. And he will expose the attitude of our hearts. And on that day, everything that was unknown formerly will be known. And the judge won't miss anything. So maybe you want to get right with the judge today. Would you pray something like this in your heart? Lord Jesus, today, I want to receive your mercy because I recognize i got a plane coming out of my eye. And I need to deal with that. So you know my sins. You see the motivations of my heart. And you judge perfectly. You don't miss anything. And so today, Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. To forgive me of all my sin. And I also believe you rose from the dead into new life. A new life that I can have started now. And into eternity. And Lord, as you have forgiven me. As you have had mercy on me in this moment. May I now live a life of showing mercy to others. May I love my enemies. May I do good to those that oppose me. May I live this high calling that you've called me to. May I walk with you, Jesus, all the rest of my days. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. And with your head down and your eyes closed, if this was your day and you prayed to receive Christ today for the first time, 
Would you look up at me if this is your day? You're in the back. I'll try to see you if there's anybody here. Anybody today? All right. If there was anybody, I would invite you to uh, write on your connection card and let us know you made a decision today, and we'll celebrate with you. Uh, send you a book maybe to help you get started with this walk of faith. Need a Bible? We'll get you a Bible. Uh, this is this is a big deal. So please respond uh, somehow if you can today. We'd love to get in touch. Let me pray for the rest. Father, I pray for those here that have been wounded by the judgments of others. Other Christians, the church, the world, whoever it is, whoever's issuing the judgment, I pray that you would strengthen those with wounded hearts. That you would give them the strength to forgive. The strength to have mercy. Maybe the strength to come to the table together and say, let's talk this out so we don't have to carry this anymore. Oh Lord, I pray for us as a church. We make evaluations every day. How easily we tend to get to the condemning part. Lord, protect us from that. May we be a church full of grace and truth making right judgments and making them generously, making them in humility, making them knowing just how much mercy we need every day to. Keep us humble. That's a, that's a dangerous prayer. Keep us humble. Because we know you'll act on it. And you will make us more. But help us not be prideful because then we know we Lord, I pray for the rest of our time today that we bless it and we enjoy each other's company. Enjoy everything you've made for us to enjoy today.